Glory, glory. Good to see some of you expectant. Because that's going to make a difference to the message this morning is how you receive it this morning. Praise God. God is so good. Thanks for that, Huhana. Awesome to have you uh, 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 leading in the church here today. Good to, uh, yeah. No, my hide my carol. Good to, good to hear your voice down the back when we're having communion. I never saw you come in, but I could hear you're in the house. Glory to God. Amen. Well, we've been dealing with the um, Roman road, I think, for a couple of months. But today we're opening up a new uh, series called The Pathway to Blessing. I've got a pathway of blessing down here, but I saw it up there. It's Pathway to Blessing. Praise God. Well, last week, Tanara brought a great message. That was fantastic. He spoke about um, the, the four words that represent love. I can't remember them all. Oh, Eros. Store J, oh yes I can, Filio and uh, Agape, oh thank you Lord, amen. And uh, that was a fantastic word uh, that he brought. And uh, he had three points in there, he said uh, why we should love, uh, who we should love and how we should love. Wow, that was powerful, that was powerful, really encouraging. Well during the week we went down to Wangarei and we uh, had the privilege, some of us, the leaders, just to go down. And uh, Phil Pringle was over in New Zealand. He's uh, was C3. He's uh, lead like there represents hundreds of churches uh, throughout the world. C3 and the founding uh, uh, pastor there is Phil Pringle, great uh, man of God, and that was exciting. I know uh, Tanara and Huhana were down there, and then we went out for uh, to a cafe for something to eat, and uh, there they were. They met up with Matti um, Matti Bennett and. Uh, they were at one table and we were next to them, but we got in there first and our table was bigger. But man, you should have heard the laughter that was coming from this table. You know, it was just incredible. It, it, the whole place, the atmosphere changed. It does say in the Bible that a merry heart does good like a, like a medicine, but I, I believe they drank the whole bottle. But we were over there looking. But what was, what was even uh, more, um, uh, well, what was upsetting to uh, Reuben Hager he said, we were here first, and then they, they got their order first. And at our table was quite big, and we were all just about finished ours, and Reuben was still sitting there waiting for his. So our brother Reuben, he's, he's learned to have patience, and God's developing something very special in Reuben, but also something special with these guys that uh, have a merry heart. Yes, I hope you've got a merry heart this morning, eh? Praise God. I could speak to you today, and speaking of uh, the pathway to blessing, Oh, I, I could speak to you today about principles that lead to blessing. I could speak about honouring your father and mother. And uh, there's promises with that. And there's many promises in the Word. There's a lot about blessing in the Bible. I could speak to you about honouring the Lord with, your, uh, with your first, uh, the first fruits of all your increase, with your substance. Giving Him the first fruits. I could speak about judging not like Jesus said, that you be not judged. There's many principles uh, that will uh, cause you to have a blessing in your life. But that's not what I'm speaking about today, in a sense. I just want to say, no my core tapu. Welcome to the Holy Spirit here today. I want to say, Fakarongo Tato. Listen to the Holy Spirit, everyone. Everyone listen to the Holy Spirit today. Yeah. 
You don't want to just uh, engage in your soul today. I'm encouraging to engage much deeper and open your spiritual ears today. You can engage your, your mind and your will and your own emotions today, but I want you to go deeper today. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we welcome you here today. King of kings and Lord of lords, we acknowledge that from you and through you and to you are all things. And, and you said where two or three of us are gathered together in your name, acknowledging your lordship, that you are the saviour and you are where the anointing is, that there you would be in the midst of us. And so we just acknowledge and welcome your presence, Lord Jesus Christ. How you give us joy unspeakable and full of glory. How you are our portion and our song. You give us a new song and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to move among us and touch every heart here today. Lord, just minister to each one here. You have known us from the beginning. We invite you to come and touch every heart for the honour and glory of your name and for the honour and glory of our Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know, my brother and sister, there's a great standoff between the soul and the spirit uh, within us. The soul is made up of the mind, your mind and your will and your emotions, uh, but your spirit has been made alive if you're a believer in Jesus uh, and uh, has been made alive when you receive Jesus, when you are born again, when you are born from above. You see, the one who created this universe and all the galaxies and everything we see in the world, He is a spirit. That is God Himself, the divine designer, the one who created all things by the word of His power. That is our Father. That is God. And He is a spirit. That's why we say, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Have you ever wondered what life is all about? I know you have. I know you've been through this world and you've gone through trials and you've gone through tribulations. Sometimes you found like an ant so small at the bottom of Mount Everest. Sometimes you felt you've been going down into a valley that is so deep. Sometimes it's felt like you've been standing in mire and you just seem to be sinking and you don't have the axes, uh, but God has got the axes. Maybe sometimes with this great standoff between the, uh, the soul and the spirit that you're trying to pour the living water into your soul rather than letting it flow through your spirit. Now, when man was created by God in the beginning, it says that God, our Father, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living what? A living soul. Yeah. The first man, the Bible says, Adam, became a living soul. The second man, which is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. There is a difference. When you put the living water, well, Adam was made by out of what? Dust, dirt. Hey, that's interesting. What do you normally plant in the dirt? Seed, yeah. But the thing is, if you come through your soul and try and approach God in that way and you try and put the living water into your mind, your will, your emotions, you want to add God to you, it's going to create something. What do you think water and dirt create? Right, mud. And you wonder why life is hard and life is tough. Isaiah said, oh, we like sheep have gone astray, we've gone everyone our own way. 
And we think of people out there, but sometimes God wants to speak to you in here. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. To me, of course. That's who he's speaking to. I like that. Someone was saying that the other week when they were preaching. God, this is for me with the Tanara. Kapai. Amen. Today I want to speak about the great journey. That's my title today. As we start this new series of Pathway to Blessing, I want to speak about the great journey. Now, according to the people of Napui, the first explorer to reach New Zealand was the fearless ancestor Kupe. Kupe. K-U-P-E. Using the stars and ocean currents as his navigational guides, he came from his ancestral Polynesian homeland of Hawaii. It is said that Kupi arrived in Hokianga Harbour around about a thousand years ago. I wasn't there. This, it's, it's been said. Some of you might have been, um, Ian. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no. That's a dis- No, no. That's a distraction. I apologise. I apologise. I apologise. I apologise, Ian. You weren't there either. You're not that old. Lord, heal Ian. No more communion for Ian. Glory to God. You're made whole. You are made whole. So, Kupe, Kupe, pronounce this right. Kupe. 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 Kupe came on a waka. Now, a waka is a giant tree that has grown straight and tall, and it's been cut down, and then it's hollowed out, yes? It may be a New Zealand, it may be a totora tree, or it may be a kauri tree. But um, the thing is, it's been hollowed out. Now, Kupe tra- travelled through dangerous waters to arrive in Aotearoa, the land land of the long white cloud, and and um, it seems that the voyages to New Zealand uh, followed that long white cloud in the distance as they neared the shores, and at night time it was a a, a a a long bright cloud. Have you ever seen the sunsets out there? Isn't it glorious when you watch the sunset? But he arrived at these shores, and he had gone on a great journey. And he'd come here. But I want, I want to think about um, this great journey in relationship to Jesus. Now, Jesus came from much further away. Jesus came from the glory. He came from the Father's house. He traveled an infinite distance. He came down so low uh, to be here. He traveled past galaxies. And uh, when you just, uh, how many of uh Looked at the DVD of uh, 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 Louis Giglio and just showing like the sun, you know, the earth you might think is big and the sun is like 93 million miles away and the sun is like in, in, in mass over a million times bigger than the earth. But there are other suns and, uh, that are in the distant galaxies that are so big that it just dwarfs our sun into like a speck on the floor. And they're bigger than the roof. And yet the one who created all these things came to the speck that was much smaller than the speck of a sun, the speck in relation to the sun. And he came right down here and became like a 
like a man. See, God took a speck of dust. He is infinitely great. And he, so he traveled a great distance. God knows your name. Isn't that amazing? He knows all about you, where you sit in your seat. He knows everything you've been through in your life. And yet he is so great that he can just speak and create galaxies. What an amazing God that is. Do you know Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 to 8 says, Paul the Apostle says, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, so mighty, so big, so powerful, so great, he didn't think it a thing uh, to be considered um, robbery, to be equal with God, not like the devil himself who, who wasn't in the form of God, who was not the divine creator, but wanted to be higher than God and he wanted to grasp at power and he wanted to better himself and be even better than God. Do you know his seed naturally is in everybody? That's what the fall brought about when Adam sinned. We're trying to learn more, improve ourselves, get better, Climb the mountain. Sin is really self-centeredness. And this is part of the standoff between the soul and the spirit. any rate, verse 7 says, But he made himself of no reputation. Instead of going up, he humbled himself. He didn't need it. He couldn't go any higher. But he humbled himself. He took on the form of a bondservant coming in the likeness of men. Coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man. But he wasn't the same man as Adam was. Because Adam, his origin was from dust. The first man is of the earth earthy. The second or the last Adam is the Lord from heaven. Different origin, different man. He was truly divine and he was truly man in the one person. He was son of God and he was son of man. There are some of his titles. He has many titles in the Bible. And it says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Goes on to say, because of this, because of him humbling himself, God also has highly exalted him. Wow. He went to the cross. He came from the Father's house to bring the love of God to us. Now, Jesus says in John 3 and verse 13, when he's talking to Nicodemus, that ruler of the Jews that came one night to have a all with Jesus, he says to him, Nicodemus, he says, no one has ascended into heaven. Nobody has ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, not Son of God, he used the title here. He is the Son of God. He's God and man in the one person, in the one person. You can see that by the miracles he did. The Son of Man, what did he, what's the last phrase? Which is in heaven. As the same time he was the son of man, he was in heaven. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? 
Jesus was no ordinary man. He was no ordinary man. We like to think of him as us, you know. Sometimes we even like to think he's just come here and it's all about me. And he's, if, if I could get God to serve me and make my life better, that would be good. But he's not you. Oh, well, I say that reverently because we are in him. He's not us in the natural, though. He's come from the Father's house. The great journey. I've got three points today in the message. That was just the introduction. Stop laughing. We'll stop at lunchtime. The first point is the tree of life, if you want to write down a note, is Jesus. There were trees in the Garden of Eden, many. It was a beautiful garden that God had created for Adam and Eve. But they were not to eat of one tree, the tree of the knowledge, this tree maybe, of good and evil. Don't set yourself up in your soul as God and think that you are the source Eat from Jesus, the tree of life. But they didn't, Adam never ate from the tree of life and never came into the fullness of who God created that man to be. He was deceived by the enemy who said, when you eat of that tree, you're going to be like God. And so you can judge everybody else. Tanara, why don't you do things the way I do it? I'm God. My, my, my thought of right and wrong is the right one, not yours, you know. You see, that's what happens. There is right and wrong, and then there's Christ, the tree of life. Yeah? Any rate, let's move on. Oh, so, the tree is very significant in, in the Bible, and the tree of life through the Bible. It's mentioned in Psalm 1. That's really Christ in Psalm 1. The man who doesn't walk in the... See, people in the Bible, it, it refers to men growing up like trees. And... Uh, and growing straight and tall. And it even says in the Song of Solomon about Jesus, and I take it there, he says he's as the apple tree among the trees of wood. He's the one that bore fruit for God, yet men seemed to tower over him, especially when the Roman soldiers nailed him to the cross. He said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. And the apple tree is so much smaller, but these great big Cody and Totara and with like cowering above him, you know. Those men, men are like trees, you see. But Jesus said in John 3 and verse 14 and 15, he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, if you remember that story when the children of Israel were bitten by snakes and God got Moses to make a serpent of brass and lift it up on a pole, he says, just as Jesus speaking from that story to Nicodemus, and he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You're not going to be sinking in that mud, but you'll have eternal life, trusting in this tree. But now if you think of Jesus as, as this tree that grew up before his heavenly Father, in this world perfect and straight, and righteous and holy and always doing the things that please the Father, man took him and lifted him up and they nailed him to a cross. That's what they thought of him. They didn't want him and yet he'd come from the Father's house. There's many today still nailing him to that cross. And that cross was us, the tree that had been dead because of trespasses and sin. 
It was wooden. It came from a tree that was standing. And there he was, nailed to us, you could say, bearing all our sin and and all our and, and all the judgment of God because of our self-centeredness that we were worthy of, but He wanted to come from the Father's house and bring the divine love of God to us. Oh, that you might see that He was there, hanging on the tree for you on the cross for you. This beautiful man, so different to other men. There was only one. He was one of a kind. That's why His name is the only begotten Son of God. He's one of a kind. There is not another that is begotten. There's only one. If we're begotten, we're begotten again in him, not outside of him. Amen. But he is the center and source. Dead trees don't have eternal life. The cross didn't have life. It's, it's, it's a picture of the curse. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And, uh, but, see, it had been cut off. The life was taken out of it. But Jesus, the man that was hanging on the cross, had divine life. He had eternal life. But he came to lay down his life for us. So the tree of life is Jesus. The great journey. Point number two, the tree of life was emptied. The tree of life was emptied. In other words, he was hallowed, hollowed out. He was like a, a walker that the tree had to be cut out, cut down and hollowed out. See, all the sap goes up through the middle of the tree. The life of the tree goes up through the sap, bears fruit, branches, strong, vibrant. That was Jesus. But he laid it all down there at the cross. Every last bit. Do you know he hung there for seven, uh, six hours? First there was three hours of daylight. But then God in the middle of the day, he, he hung on the cross from the third hour, which is on the Jewish calendar. Time is from six uh, nine o'clock in the morning to midday. That's the third hour. That's um, Sorry, the third hour was nine o'clock. To midday it was, it was daylight. But then at midday... The sun was blocked out and there was darkness over the whole land as God judged him for our sin. Nobody could see in the darkness what was going on, what he endured from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And that's where he was hollowed out. He left nothing. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me as he stood between us and God and bore all our sin there? And he was completely hollowed out. That divine life was just like carved out of him. The Bible says even physically his visage or his face was so more, marred more than any man's and his form more than the sons of men. But when you think of inside him, you go to the Psalms like Psalm 22 and other Psalms that speak of the inner uh, torment and what the Son of God went through when God poured out his judgment on him. And he was hollowed out, but he did it. Because he, because he had an end in mind. And so it says in Romans 5 and verse 8, God himself demonstrates his love toward us. And it's such a powerful demonstration in that why we were still sinners, why we still wanted to set ourselves up in opposition to our Creator, and we wanted to be God and live from the tree of knowing right and wrong, knowledge of good and evil, 
Why we were yet sinners, God demonstrates His love toward us in that Christ died for us. This is the one, the Son of God, this is the one that God said of Him, this is my beloved Son in Him I find all my delight and all my pleasure. Why wouldn't God just take Him and leave you and I? Why would He stand there, our loving Heavenly Father, and let Him go through so much? That's because He loved His creation so much. He loved you so much. He had cho chosen you in Christ from before the foundation of the world. And He wants to take you on a journey. That's why He's pr provided this amazing grand walker called Jesus. The tree that was cut down and hollowed out in order that we might take a journey with Him. Yes? So He totally emptied Himself for us. His life. He said it is finished and he bowed his head and dismissed his spirit. He gave his whole life in those three hours of darkness. Sometimes we're so full of ourselves, oh dear, that there's no room for Jesus. Is that right? Sometimes we're so full of myself. I'm so full of myself. We're so full of ourselves, ourselves. Our own mind, our thoughts, out my own will, what I want, what I think I need. My own emotions that get fired up. Yeah? They're not necessarily right, but we're so full of ourselves that we have no room for Jesus. But that's sometimes normal in life. And it's normal... When we're younger, I know when I was younger, but even when we're older, so we're not going to, we're not bagging on young people, but just from my own experience, when I was young, I was so full of myself, I wanted to, to break loose and get away from my parents. I wanted to go from my father's house. I wanted to get away like the prodigal son, son did. I wanted to get out there and seek my fortune in the big wide world with all that it had to offer. So our kids sometimes go off down the road. It's often the road to nowhere, by the way. We're on the road to nowhere. Nowhere to hide. Yeah, nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide out there, all right? Nowhere to run to. Glory, I can't even remember the words, but it's somewhere back there in the dark past, eh? <laughs> yeah, I used to sing that when I was on the road to nowhere. <laughs> it was. But I was on the road to somewhere, praise God. I really was. That's only because of the glory of God and the love of my Heavenly Father. Who never left me, praise his name. And like the, like the prodigal son, he went away from his father, the place where there was blessing. He didn't really know the father's heart. And you might not know the father's heart today. And you might go off and you might end up in a faraway land where it's all about you. And you end up in a pigsty. And you might even end up where you're trying to pour the water into the dirt. And you might get very religious. And you might be down there at the pigsty. And yeah, like the prodigal son was feeding pigs. And you might, you might think, I remember my father's house. Oh, if I could have him here. I've got some pictures in my bag. I've got some, uh, uh, I've written some notes in my notebook about things I remember about my father's house. And you might think, I'll just build a little shrine here and, and it'll be a roof like that. And I'll put a little cross on the roof and I'll just set up these pictures around the wall and I'll talk all about my father in that faraway land. But that wouldn't be any good. That would only be religion, wouldn't it? 
No. He, he came to himself and there was just nothing there. And he looked back to his father's house and there was so much there. Oh, that you'd just see how much there is waiting for you in the father's house. That you would hop on board this great and mighty walker. And that you'd go on a great journey and travel from your soul across the shore. Well, you can talk about it in the spirit. There's a journey between, between our soul and our spirit that you'd be born again. I won't jump the gun here. Thank you, Lord. The tree of life was emptied and hollowed out, hollowed out as a, a, a rock, a, a walker. See, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, the prodigal didn't turn around and head back to the father's house because of who he was. You'll never go seeking after God because of who you are. Adam who, and Eve, who actually knew God in the beginning, when there was only two of them here on earth, they didn't go, when they sinned, they didn't go looking uh, for God. They went and hid themselves. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. I can guarantee you, if you're living in your soul, you won't feel like you want to be around God. You'll want to go your own way. Even in Romans, Paul said, none seek after God. See, it's not the prodigal didn't really go back to his father's house and repent and turn back because of who he was. He repented and turned back because of who his father was. His father saw him a great way off. His father had been praying for him every day. His father had been believing that he would come home. He watched him with sadness leave the home and go off on the road to nowhere. And your heavenly Father has watched you journey through life on the road to nowhere and He wants you back home. But He knows there's going to be a time when you come to an end of yourself and you come to see the one who wants to give you eternal life, the real man. So often when we're young, we think we're real men. Or this is just it. If I'm a woman, I don't know. I don't know what women think. I haven't been a woman. <laughs> any rate, just speaking from experience, right. Hmm. Hey. So when you look at Jesus and you encounter Jesus and his love, and you see that he died on the cross for you, and if there was only you in the world that had ever sinned and everyone else was perfect, he still would have come and died for you, by the way. That's love. The, 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 the writer penned the song, the words of the song, love so amazing, so divine. It's so amazing, the love of God. It demands my life, my soul, my all. It just demands everything to be laid down. Like Jesus, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Come down. Come to an end of yourself. Don't try and be a self-made man or woman. And so when Jesus hung upon the cross, there was three hours of darkness. In the last three hours, that's when he said, it is done, it is finished. And it was dark. And that's where we connect in that darkness because we are in darkness. But the love of God comes right through our darkness and connects with us. And that's why Jesus allowed himself to hang there. Hang there. So it's still darkness. If you're standing at the cross, the cross is in the world today. You're only at the beginning of the journey. But Jesus is the walker that has been hollowed out, hollowed out at that point for us to take a journey in. 
And you need to see there at the cross that it was for you that he died and he's going to take you on a journey. So it's dark there. But when you come to the grave, he was also buried and it's not much light in a grave. How many of you have been in the grave for much time? I don't know. I haven't. I wouldn't want to be at this stage. <laughs> but it's dark, believe me. When the stone was rolled over, it's dark on the inside. They didn't have lights in there, I didn't think. No. You see, it was dark around the cross. You might only know Jesus in this world. You might only know him at the cross. You've never actually seen yourself buried. You've never given over your old life. See, he was hollowed out so that we could be hollowed out. He said, come follow me. That's what he did. He completely allowed his whole life to go. He spent his whole life. He kept nothing back. God has kept nothing back. If you want to receive Jesus today, your, that old life, you need to lose it. Jesus said, he that saves his own life shall lose it. You need to be completely hollowed out and receive the life of Christ. You need to hop in the walker and follow him, not only from, but from the cross into the tomb. And then you come to another place, resurrection. And the stone is rolled away and you come out into the daylight. Suddenly there's light because God is light. And something at the resurrection of Christ has been birthed. And now he's the firstborn among the dead, from among the dead, the first to be resurrected because his father is well pleased in him. But he has raised us up, we read, with Christ. Not only did he die for me, but he was buried for me. And I follow in him. And then he was there and he was seen. We read about that. That's what the gospel is. The gospel isn't just Christ died for my sin. No, the gospel is that he was buried. He rose again. He was seen and seen and seen. Then he was received up back to the Father's house. And that's where this walker wants to take you. And if you've never been to the Father's house, it's time to get on board this walker because that is where he's going to take you. He said, come follow me. And I've been looking around under stones and behind trees and all over the place down at the stone store and I can't find Jesus there because He's in heaven. And He wants you there. And just before He died, He told His uh, disciples, He says, he, he wanted to talk about His Father's house. There's many mansions there. And He wanted them to go there. Third point, sorry. We're going a bit over time today, but I just feel the Lord wants the message um, shared. Third point, the tree of life is... is is the way to our Father. In other words, Jesus is the way to the Father. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. This walker that has been hollowed out, which is Jesus, can take you to the Father. But you need to be in Him. You need to be one with Him. You can't take your own life there. You connect with Him and all your need and misery and all your self-centeredness at the cross. But then you got to see that you were buried. God not only judged you at the cross and all that self-centeredness, because it is self-centeredness is contrary to the love of God. The love of God is other-centered. The very divine nature of God is to bless others, to bless you and I, to hold nothing back, but to bless us in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to let go of that life and see that you were buried with Him. God has judged sin in the flesh at the cross. He's and Jesus, one of his names was the last Adam. All of Adam's race had the seed of Satan in them, which was self-centeredness, wanting to be something. You've got to let that go, my brother and sister, if you're going to take the journey to the Father's house. 
You've got to let that go once and for all. God's wanting to do something in excite today and it needs to be once and for all. You've got to be prepared to lay it all on the altar of God. Glory to God. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3. It's like we're going backwards through John chapter 3. We're back to verse 3 now. He said, most assuredly I say to you, unless you are born again, got that? Unless you are born again. Yeah, you've been born once and you're born self-centered. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Wow. You're not birthed at the cross. Your slate is wiped clean so that you can go into the grave as Adam without the judgment of God falling at you. Because after death, uh, after death is a judgment. But if your slate's been wiped clean and then you lay the old self-centered life down and you're in that walker, you come out in resurrection life in Christ and you head towards the Father's house. So you must be born again. You must come out in resurrection life. The new birth is not at the cross. That's the old man who feels his need and has a need to constantly come up to the older call. And there's nothing wrong with coming up and by faith. We're not speaking against older calls. Constantly going to the cross and seeing that Jesus, God loves you. Jesus died for you. But he wants you to move on. See, you, you, you receive newness of life at the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to be in the walker to get through death. Just, just like traveling over the sea. It could be dangerous and it could be rushed. It's very dangerous for the old man Adam because he's left in the tomb. He's dead. Dangerous. It couldn't be more dangerous. The only safe pathway to the other shores in Jesus Christ, the walker. Glory to God. You must be born again. We're told first the natural, then the spiritual. You might be still in the natural and you're just making yourself the center and going, you know, you might be a churchian, but not a Christian. That was a new word I got from Phil Pringle this week. Churchian. I thought, mate, that's, where did I find that in the Bible? It's there somewhere. It must be. I'll have to keep reading. Great journey. Noah journeyed on a walker into a new world. When the deluge came down and God judged this earth by a flood, there was eight of them. Eight speaks of new beginning, new creation. Eight of them in the ark, the great walker that took Noah into the new world. Jesus is the walker. He is the way to our Father. Have you taken the journey to the Father's house? There's only one way. This is the only way. You have to get on board. You have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, realizing that He died at the cross for you and that His blood cleansed you from all sin so that you could lay down the self-centered life and so that you could receive Him as your life. He was hollowed out, and you've been hollowed out. Hopefully, when you lose your life and you're buried with Him, you're hollowed out, but you're also raised with Him. You're given eternal life, born again, not of corruptible seeds. You can't pay for it like silver and gold. There's no payment to be made, not even a payment of making better decisions. You're born again by the Word of God. Jesus is the Word, and you follow Him out of the tomb. Right. So Jesus really is God's word to us. That's what we're born of. And his word is just loud and clear. I love you. I love you. I love you. I see your potential, but it's not found in you. 
it's found in my son. And I want, I'm so delighted in my son that I want his life to be in you. But his word to us when giving his son and holding nothing of heaven back, because the Bible says that he's blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It's heavenly places we've got to go. The pathway to blessing is through this walker and it ends up in the Father's house. And you need to go. We, we, we want to go there. We've been there, some of us. We love it there. We're welcomed there. Hallelujah. The Father loves us. It says um, in John 3, 18, it says, He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's what I was sharing with you before. What is the name? Only begotten. <clears throat> it's not you and Christ. There's only one of this kind, but he's been hollowed out so you can hop into him. God never chose you outside of Christ in Adam to clean you up, give you another go, put you back into Adam and innocence. No, you'd only fail again if that was the case. He's totally satisfied. He finds all his pleasure and all his delight in his son. But his son died so you might have his very life. It's called eternal life. So as you sit in your place today where you're sitting, you may realize that you have nothing to offer God, but he has everything to offer you. I assure you that. He has so much to offer you. So often we want to give, oh, I feel guilty about something, so I'll give this. Maybe I'll put some money in the treasury. Maybe I'll actually try and help someone to make up for the bad deeds. No, you've got no one. We, as an Adam, are self-centered and we're bankrupt, the Bible tells us. We've got nothing to offer a holy and a righteous God. It is Him that has sent Christ from the Father's house so that He can take us back. He's got everything to offer you. And this is that love that we we're hearing about last week, agape love, true love, that enables you to repent, to turn away from making you the, the center of your life. For too long, you've made yourself the center of your world. Your mind and your thoughts and your will and what you think you need and want. I want, I'd love a new car. Those emotions that feel it's not fair. No one understands me. No one's been through what I've been through. Jesus didn't have those self-centered emotions. He actually was ready to be spent for us. He poured himself out for a thirsty well. He gave his life. He kept nothing back. You must follow Jesus. Hop into the walker. Come out in resurrection life. And then as he comes among us, he wants to come here. He connects with us here. He says, we're two or three are gathered together. There I am in the midst of them. We can connect with his love in this world. But very quickly, Jesus, the King of Kings, the mighty victor, the one who has defeated all our foes and all our enemies, he comes to us and he gives us the victory. He leads us back to the Father because that's what he wants to do and praise. And so heaven is open to us. We can enter in at any time. It's no use making a shrine down here. The prodigal son would have been no good making a shrine by the pig sky with a cross on its roof and with the pictures of his father around the walls. It's not the same as going back to the father's house. He might have had good memories, but good memories and good thoughts will not suffice. 
but getting into the walker and going and seeing that you're raised up by God, our Father Himself. He can see you a great way off. And when you hop into Christ, when you believe into Jesus, when you abide in Him, the Bible tells us that He has raised us up together in Ephesians chapter 2 with Christ and seated us in heavenly places in Christ. As far as the Father's concerned, there is already a seat at His table for you in the Father's house. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms and I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Not where you are, there I want to come. He does come because He loves us but He comes to take us on the great journey because He is the great walker and He wants to take us into the Father's house. I hope you're getting this in the Spirit because words don't suffice, but the Holy Spirit is here and the Lord's here and He's ministering to your heart today and I believe for that. I've already quoted that verse, John 14, 1 to 3. The walker's turned up today. Right in this place, Jesus is here. And he says, come. Come follow me. You'll connect with him at the cross, but if you're really going to follow him through death and into resurrection and back to the Father's house, you're going to lose your own life. Are you prepared for that, my brother and sister today? Are you prepared to lay it all down today to follow him back to our Father and there to dwell in God? When we do that, Make that journey, it'll be heaven on earth. Because we then will be going in and out, finding pasture in the Father's house. We'll be actually bringing the very condition of heaven down here and being a blessing as we lay our life down for our nation. He's looking for men and women who are sold out for him today. He says, come, follow me. I'm going to take you on a great journey to a far land a land of blessing. I want to take you back to my Father's house because I do always those things that please the Father. I delight in the Father. I'm one with my Father. And if we hop on board, we'll be one with Him. Yeah? Something inside you might say, well, well, what about me? Is everything I've been doing and all that big effort, is, is it just nothing? What about me? What about me? Surely it's not all worthless, but there's someone knocking at your heart's door this morning and he's saying, what about me? And he's got wounds in his hands. He was nailed to the cross for you. He's saying, what about me? Are you going to be like the ones who nailed me there and say, away with him, crucify him. I will not have this man to roam over me because I can give it my best shot and I'm going to get there. He's saying, what about me? What about me? Come on, step on board this morning, my brother and my sister in Jesus' name. The great journey. That's the opening for uh, the path to blessing. There is no other way.